Okay, three, two, one. We're legit live now. <laughs> we're legit live. Hey, we're up. We're up. Awesome. Oh, wow, that was the funniest thing for everybody who missed it because we didn't go live. <laughs> that was so we funny. Are- yeah, we already did our intro, and Tyler was so nice to let me just go through it. Um, and then he was like, hey, Max, uh, we're actually not live right now. Um, so I'm just going to do it again, but I'm going to try and do it a little differently, just because... Yeah, what's up, everybody? Uh, so we are calling all nerds. You've answered the call. The actual beacon is now lit. We are live and connected, and we are your friendly neighborhood hosts. We talk about everything within the entertainment zeitgeist, and we are so excited to talk about some amazing stuff with you guys tonight uh, for episode 13. Uh, Gosh, I can't believe we're on episode 13 of Calling All Nerds. We kind of do this every other week uh, when we can, when life permits. if this is your first time joining us, welcome. We are, as you can tell, not very professional, but we <laughs> but we like it that way. It um, makes it more entertaining. It makes it more entertaining. It makes it more real. You know, we just we're just two guys having conversations. Um, but if you enjoy listening to us and enjoy our show, uh, we definitely ask that if you're following us on YouTube uh, to please subscribe, give us a like, uh, give us a rating, leave any comments that you want on any of our shows. Uh, you can also listen to us on Spotify and iTunes by searching "Calling All Nerds." Uh, we are on those platforms as well. And after our uh, live podcast it gets sent over to those uh different podcast available services uh right after but we are excited to talk about some some pretty interesting stuff tonight i think it's been a pretty dry year so far uh hence why sometimes we just don't really have a lot to talk about uh every week so we (laughs) we don't we don't do it every week um but tyler uh did you want did you have by chance a question of the week for us to start off? <laughs> yeah, I kind of I kind of thought of one as all that stuff happened. Oh nice. <laughs> so okay, usually we like block these out. But what was something embarrassing that you did as a kid that you still can remember? And it doesn't have to be like awful that like brings back bad memories, but something just like funny that you've done in the past. <laughs> oh man, something in the past. Uh I used to as a kid, I would put on plays, like musical shows for mom, for mom and dad. Uh, and Julie, my sister, would always be in the shows with me, but she would have no interest at all in keeping in character. Um, and so I would be doing a show. My mom has video evidence of this because she would record uh, on VHS all of our plays. And I would be acting out like the Black Cauldron from Disney. Oh, my And Julie would be sitting in that, like, you know what I'm talking about out there, listeners, that, like, that green alien, like, blow-up chair. <laughs> she would just be sitting in it, just not even giving a crap. And I, finally, I would just turn to her and be like, Julie, you're ruining the show. Play the character. And she would just be like, like totally acting all goofy. And I'd be like, fine, I'll play every character myself. And then I just. So it was a solo show? Yeah, it just became a solo show. So, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, that was probably one of the, <laughs> the funnier moments of my life growing up. That's great. So it, it definitely uh, is no surprise that I uh, was very into like musical theater and stuff like that in high school and college. So yeah, that's but, great. Yeah. 
<laughs> what about you, man? Oh, man. An embarrassing thing that I have done. Where to even begin? <laughs> I remember, oh my gosh, this was so dumb. I remember like one time, <laughs> this was so stupid. We were on the bus. This had to be... Ele- no, nah, maybe middle school. It was either middle school or elementary school. And like <laughs> there, there were high schoolers that were driving behind the bus. Uh, obviously, they were high schoolers because they were definitely like kids. And uh, like, you know, school just came out. And again, we're like middle school or elementary school. This was so dumb. And so <laughs> me and this guy on our bus, we were trying to give them our phone numbers. <laughs> And so we had pieces of paper and pencils and we were writing down the numbers and like slapping them on the windows to see if they would get it. Erase it, erase it, erase it. Do the next number, put it back on the window. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, I don't even know why we did that. We had absolutely zero chance of anything, but you know. it's amazing. The stuff that you do on the bus is always fun. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember the bus. Man, those bus drivers were the unsung heroes, man. They dealt with so much disrespect. Oh, so much. They got treated worse than subs. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the kids were terrible, man. We were terrible. Like, I I hated riding the bus growing up. I was so glad when I finally got my own car. I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah, I remember Julie... Julie talked to me about that too. She doesn't, she didn't like riding the bus at all. Oh yeah. Like, oh my gosh, the kids in our school, they were so disrespectful towards our bus drivers. Like it was awful. Interesting. See, I will say our bus drivers, they were cool, man. We had a couple that kind of sucked, but actually for the most part, our bus drivers were awesome. People enjoyed riding the bus because of our bus drivers. I guess we just got lucky Uh though. Well, that's the thing. Like our bus driver, uh, his name was Joe. Like he was great. Like we really liked him, Julie and I. But like kids on the bus is what I mean. Like they, oh, they were just super. Yeah. yeah, they were just super disrespectful and just like, you know, like yeah, it, it ain't being, Joe's fault. Or, yeah, yeah, it, it ain't the bus driver's fault. But it was just yeah, the kids, kids <laughs> stank. But you know, you do what you can. For sure. <laughs> well, I guess we can dive into this first story that kind of affects us in a way because we do use this service to do our podcast so it'll be kind of interesting to see what's going to happen and that is the idea or the fact that Microsoft is wanting to potentially buy Discord and the price tag is huge it's like 10 billion plus dollars (laughs) can you I can't even I can't even think of like what $10 billion looks like. That's so much money. Yeah. It's a ridiculous amount of money that look, I feel like you would think that that would be a huge number, even for Microsoft. Yeah, I I guess not. I have no, if they have $10 billion that they can just pull out of their pocket, they're not going to ever hurt for money. Definitely. And I guess what, what has me worried is like if you're putting in that much money that means you need to make that well you don't have to admit well you should be making more than that but it's like 
there's no way they would just buy this app for $10 billion to not have some money, monetary thing to come out of it. Right. You need like some kind of viable return on investment of. Yeah. yeah. Like what's, what's their ROI ideas. So it's like, so for people, you know, listening in right now, Max and I are using discord. Like probably many of you who are listening to the podcast, we use discord to do a little video chat and then we record the audio through OBS. And that is how our podcast is done. Um, we use discord chatting with friends. You can use discord to do, uh, actual video chatting. Uh, it can, it's kind of like, I guess it's similar to how Microsoft Skype is in a way. And if you're familiar with applications like Slack or like ring central, stuff like that, it's, it's the same thing. You know, it's a chatting software, but it's, it's free and there is a money thing to it, but there's definitely like zero pressure to have to spend money to get, I think it's called like discord nitro, which gives you maybe like some higher quality, like video sharing or something like that. It's not much and it's definitely not forced. Uh, and so hearing that Microsoft wants to do this, it makes me wonder, like, not even just how's it going to affect my discord life in general, but like, how's it going to affect Max and I doing this podcast? Like, <laughs> would they say, oh, you know, you're only limited to voice chats for like an hour, you know, it's like, oh crap. Well, there goes that. Cause you know, it, it's just like, it's weird. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they, they want to do. Like, do you think it would still be free? Do you think they're going to put a, a money value on it? What do you think? You know, I really, I really don't know. Part of me feels like Microsoft wouldn't do anything that drastic of a change with Discord, at least right away. Um, you know, didn't, didn't Microsoft buy Mixer before this too? <laughs> they did. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Um, right. And so it's kind of concerning to me in that regard, but I don't they did when they bought mixer to like cause it to kind of fall unless it just never really yeah i had guess. any kind of competition for discord yeah so when they bought mixer they it was kind of like what they didn't do so they they got mixer they created mixer or they created mixer they, i don't think they bought it i i, I think it was oh, like their own good. creation and then to like help get people on it they bought twitch streamers so ninja the guy who was like really big on fortnite a few years ago he's still a big streamer but um they bought him they gave him like a contract to go on to mixer stream from mixer only and his contract was like millions and millions of dollars and then they bought another guy named shroud who's another super high very popular twitch streamer they bought him and they did that with a couple other people so they bought these people to bring them onto their platform hoping that like hey oh i know so and so i'm gonna hop over there too oh i know him i'm gonna hop over too and they were like trying to think of ways to get more views on their app but outside of that, I don't think they did much. And that was kind of their issue. It became, it became a like, oh, no one's really spending money on us. Because there's, similar to Twitch, you can buy things on, like, through Mixer. It's like, oh, if you uh, say you want to cheer or whatever it's called in Mixer, it's like you want to give some money to your streamer guy, you might pay Mixer ten dollars worth of stuff and then you get to send it to that streamer and that streamer gets like six dollars of it or something and then mixer would get the rest right and so 
there wasn't enough of that going on because there wasn't enough view time <laughs> and so it became a cost thing and they just sold like i think they sold it to facebook which i don't really know how they did that but yeah That's they cheap. sold it to facebook so microsoft just <laughs> that thing down the hole <laughs> Yeah, golly, man. So is is Facebook video kind of like like a um, amalgamation of like Mixer with their own video setup? You know, that's a good that's a good question. I'm not sure because I know there's there is a new thing called like Facebook Gaming. I think that's like a whole new. Let me real quick. Yeah, there's like a I Facebook have a fr- gaming thing. Oh, what? Oh no, you're good. I was just gonna say, yeah, I have a friend who actually streams uh, Warzone on Facebook, and he has a pretty pretty active following. Um, but like, he only streams, I think, specifically on Facebook. But I just didn't know if that was like maybe something to do with Mixer or yeah. just a reading of what Mixer was. I have no idea. It, you know, it might be. It might be that like maybe some of like the server power or something was that like that was pushed to it or uh, I'm, I'm not too sure but that's what microsoft ended up doing with that and i know i saw some memes of like let me see microsoft buying discord memes there was this one meme that like stood out to me oh here it is so it's like a uh it's like the grim reaper and the Grim Reaper's face is the Microsoft logo. And you see like, um, you see three other, you see three doors. So the first door <laughs> is Mixer and it's open and you see a blood trail. The second door is Skype and that door too is open with a blood trail. And then the third door is the Grim Reaper knocking on a door that has the Discord logo on it, which obviously represents like every time, oh, every time Microsoft knocks on someone's door, it just leads to death. It's a great meme. Um, oh. But that's that's really how people are perceiving it and it makes sense i mean mixer skype like even like what they've done with like teams is really weird for some people like team speak um some people are really annoyed by what they did with uh minecraft because they they did some really annoying things to minecraft that was pretty obnoxious for people um oh man so it's just like it's just interesting about that yeah, yeah, yeah. Microsoft doesn't have a good uh, rep when it comes to buying applications. Oh, gosh. I think what what has me nervous too is I don't like I don't like when apps get very ad wary central, and I'm hoping Discord doesn't get like that because I know you know when you get like a phone game and it's like kind of fun and it might have like multiple levels to it. But after you, you play one level, ad. you yeah, you always have to view an ad. I'm hoping there's not like gunk like that just splattered uh, around. Yeah, I mean it it makes sense if it does happen, it sucks. I mean, very much so YouTube is very adware heavy now too. Mm. I mean, you can't you can't really watch a video in YouTube without um Well now there's you know, double ads. The what? Now there's double ads on YouTube. Right, unless you pay for premium yep. access of YouTube, then you can have it ad free. But yep. it, it's just such a shame. I mean, like it, I get it. Like you know, cable is kind of non-existent as the years go on, so you have to find some way of bringing in ad revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just sucks. It kind of reminds me of like an episode of Black Mirror mm-hmm. where 
like characters are like in the mere like you know sci-fi future are just constantly from all sides like visually bombarded with adware and they have to like pay money to to just have a moment of peace and it's just like oh lord like yeah <laughs> this is so awful that we're like we like businesses are just like we need to have as many ads as possible everywhere we go yeah yeah it is it it's not fun because it does kind of kill it kills the mood sometimes especially oh, yeah. if, you're, if, you, if you're like getting it and you're like in the zone doing something it's like spotify oh gosh if i didn't have spotify premium i would just i don't even know if i'd listen to spotify you know, you're just like oh, no. you're pumped you're in the zone and then all of a sudden it's just like oh here's an ad blah 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 blah, blah and you're like oh shut up leave me alone right very much like Pandora used to be. I remember like when I I would listen to Pandora growing up, you would get like three, four songs and then you have to listen to like two ads and then you get back to your songs. And it's just like, Oh yeah, it's the <laughs> it's worst. Such a weird thing. But I oh. guess you, I, you know, I guess you are right. I can't see them doing something drastic like that, at least right away. If they were, I feel like I Microsoft's how dumb they would ease into it, <laughs> into like something like that. But Oh just, Yeah. It just makes me curious what they're going to want to upgrade. Yeah, it makes me curious, too. I think you're right. I mean, like, if they did anything drastic like that, just like, say, like, for example, change the amount of time you can. um, Oh, gosh, you know, like change change the amount of time that you can stream or, Mm -hmm. or like talk. Um, to like an hour unless you pay for like a premium access of discord or something like that. Um, yeah. I feel like if they did something like that right away, they would completely lose the entire like base of people that use discord, like almost overnight. Cause like there are plenty of other platforms that don't, you know, cost anything to use uh, yeah. for stuff like that. Um, so I don't think that would be very smart of them to do that so quickly. I definitely could see that becoming a thing at some point, but um, I would hope they had, they would have more, uh, more hindsight, uh, or, or I guess foresight to, to not, uh, make that mistake again. No, we'll for see. sure. For sure. And it's like, there could be some good stuff though, too, you know, of Microsoft resources, more people, maybe they can get like better video quality and better voice quality software, you know, integrated into discord. Um, it is pretty cool seeing that this open source software that just a few people created is getting recognition from someone like Microsoft. Like that's gotta be exciting for these, um, for whoever created discord, you know, like that's cool. And maybe, maybe some good can definitely be put into it. I mean, Microsoft has a, has a lot of brains and a lot of, a lot of power that money can definitely go pretty far. So I could see there being some some cool upgrades, but it'll be growing pains, and who knows? Oh, for sure. Maybe they won't sell. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> turning down ten billion dollars is tough, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's all about business. It's all about money. Yep. So it's like they're gonna do what what they think is gonna be profitable for them, and yeah. Unfortunately, that's not always uh, best for the consumer, but we'll yep. see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we will definitely see how it goes and we'll we'll keep people updated for sure. It's definitely a topic that I think is kind of relevant to uh to the podcast and to like daily lives. So Yeah, we'll be for talking sure. about it again one day, but uh, what do we yeah, got I next? What's, what's, what fun tales so, do we have? So 
yeah, the next big thing is we actually found out this week that E3 mm. is coming back and it's going to be virtual. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a reimagined all virtual event. Um, which is super exciting because I, I missed E3 last year. I mean, it was and I weird. think that it's, I think that it's smart what they're doing in terms of reimagining it as uh, all virtual, you know, cause I feel like, especially I would say in the case of E3, the, in, like, the big like stadium event where people have to like buy tickets to get in. And it's like multiple days of different things, like people standing in the theaters. It's a lot of fun and it's a lot of pomp and circumstance, but it's a, I feel like it's a dying, a dying com- commodity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just, I don't see it lasting that much longer. So I think this move to being all virtual is a very smart move in order to stay relevant and stay alive um, for the E3 conference. Yeah. So, so you don't think E3 will last that long? Oh no, I'm saying like, if like I wasn't sure if they were going to last at all after they had to cancel E3 last year because of COVID. Um, I wasn't sure what they were going to do this year, but I think it was the smart move to go all virtual. Um, what I was saying was, I just, I don't know before last year, E3 was becoming more and more sparse in that, you know, PlayStation pulled out, um, a few other big parties actually pulled out as well. Microsoft actually was not, did not attend, uh, the 2019 E3 press conference. They did their own conference. And so it became that they really didn't have that many big, um, conference things to show in their event. And a lot of people were like kind of questioning the relevance of E3. They were like, well, if every studio is just going to do their own show now, why are we even having E3 anymore? Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm following you. Yeah. But I think that this is good because I, I, I like E3. I, I've always thought of E3 as kind of the big gaming event outside of, you know, um, gamescom or something like that. Um, to really kind of showcase what the year has in store for gaming and for new games. And so I feel like last year we were sorely lacking in that, like great games came out, but like we just kind of heard about them just randomly here and there, and then they were released. So it's kind of exciting that we're finally going to get a big uh, event. That's going to be, it looks like everyone's coming back to the table except for Sony, (laughs) except for PlayStation and EA Um, too. Oh, EA's not coming back either? No, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm reading the... Interesting. We have a a Polygon article linked um, in the uh, comments section. So this one's by Michael McWhorter. And it says, I think this is a quote from the CEO of ESA. Okay. And... Oh, wait, no, that's not the... I don't need about the quote part. Uh, Where where did I just read it? Oh, so this is just what... It it just says that... um, the people who have who are really featured in it are Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take Two, Warner Bros. Games, and Koch Media. Okay, I'm not sure about the last one who Koch is. Yeah, but not um, sure either. But then it says you know like last year it was obviously like canceled because of like the pandemic. It really made sense. Cause that was like fresh pandemic. Cause it's always that like may time frame, and no one really knew what, what all was going on. Yeah. Um, and then it still says that 
there are some events that were new that are still coming back like geoff kingsley did the summer games fest uh that's like still coming back and then they say this person goes on to saying the companies like sony and electronic arts which haven't officially existed exhibited at e3 in years uh and were not announced of this parts expo will more than likely hold their own untethered plans so yeah ea and and sony which i always thought ea did do e3 because they had that whole like ea state of play thing yeah i'm kind of shocked at that because ea usually love to be there uh at the e3 press conference it was it was kind of a good show for them so yeah i'm wondering if they maybe they always considered that not e3 then maybe it was just like an addition to it yeah possibly i don't know i it's kind of still shocking that ea is not joining the table Um, very odd yeah i unless they have something pretty big that they want to kind of you know do their own press on which you know is their prerogative to do so but uh out of all of those studios i did not think ea would be one to to do that yeah (laughs) i mean they always show for the most part the same stuff it's usually like something about a new Madden that comes out and like a new, some more sports things. They usually talk about a star Wars thing, but I guess we just talked about it on our couple podcasts ago. That's not a thing anymore. Now a new company is taking on star Wars. Yep. Um, so it's, it is kind of like, what is EA doing nowadays? (laughs) I know they, they've joined with, Microsoft didn't they because now that whole EA access thing is part of uh, the um, game pass and everything right so that's, that's true. like that's interesting to think about of what I don't know yeah geez well what we'll need to do we'll need to do like uh, we'll have to give like our guesses for what we think is going to be announced at E3 this year because yeah that'd be cool the, the 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 dreamer in me is is just I want some update on uh, beyond good and evil too <laughs> from, oh, from definitely. Ubisoft. definitely <laughs> i want to hear something i want bethesda to just finally do something good too i would love to see uh, if they would go and do something even if it's just like showing up during microsoft's piece because they do that a lot too because i see right. that they're not they're not technically on this list of people on there, but since they're so close to Xbox now, I could see them almost joining in, which might be good for them because when they have their own segment, it really hasn't been that good the past few years. So it might be nice to kind of just like slide Bethesda in during the Xbox thing just for a couple games. Well, and I could be wrong, but I imagine they'll have to because, now that Bethesda is a subsidiary of mm-hmm. Microsoft, they're technically not their own company anymore, like Capcom or Konami. Like they yeah, are, they are true. Microsoft first-party studio. That's true. So, so when you hear Microsoft conference, I think now it's, it's weird to think about it, but like now, like that includes Bethesda games in, inside of that. So, I, I think you're right. I think we're definitely going to see Bethesda games. I think it's just going to be at that Microsoft conference, and I bet you anything. Um, you know, unless they're announcing, you know, a, a bunch of new IPs, which they probably should, oh, uh, I hope. Uh, um, that Bethesda is going to have a huge piece in that because, yeah. you know, if, if we're lucky, we'll finally get to see what's going on with Starfield. Yes. Um, 
maybe we'll see. I, I don't. I don't think we'll see anything more on like Elder Scrolls Six, but a teaser, um, maybe. Yeah, maybe a teaser. I think we're Starfield is coming out first, um, but I'm sure we'll see maybe something for like Wolfenstein and Starfield, um, and then you know maybe something else from them. I don't know, but either way, it's exciting. Uh, oh, I really sure. love their game, so I think it'll be really cool for sure. And. You know, Warner Brothers games, I don't think they've usually been in it, have they? Uh, not in like a not in like their own studio kind of style before. I think Warner Brothers Studios has always kind of been on the lower end. Okay. Uh, of like third-party studios, like they they have been getting some bigger IPs lately though, like you know, um, I think they work. I, I can't say for sure if they work directly with Rocksteady, but like they're they're more known for like the Batman games, I think. Okay. Um, but like the Harry Potter or the Hogwarts game that's coming out, I'm sure is going to be a big thing that they're going to mm. be wanting to show off mm-hmm. in June, maybe. And it it really makes me wonder, you know, because kind of like what we were talking about before we started the show is been such a dry year so far like it's kind of crazy that we're already in q2 and no huge game of of any consequence has really been released on the new hard on the new generation systems yet this year like there have been games released but like nothing like huge that everyone's buzzing about you know what i mean gotcha and i'm wondering if it is kind of everyone's waiting till this june event including playstation because i'm sure they're going to do their show either on the same week or right alongside E3 of like, Hey, here's everything that our studios are working on and are coming out this year and next year. Like give us the roadmap for the next two years for gamers. Okay. Um, I've is kind of, yeah, it's kind of like what I'm thinking this event is going to be. So it makes me really excited for June, but, um, I think that's why it's been so dead lately is because everybody's kind of keeping their head down and trying to get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. This this Koch Media, they actually apparently Metro Exodus, Homefront, The Revolution, Saints Row oh. Four, and Dead Island are some of the things that are underneath them. I oh, and, and they're, they're getting their own show. Interesting. That I think yeah. that'll be the first time they've had their own piece of E three before. Yeah, and I guess th thq Nordic they bought them in twenty eighteen. And so they've been, I guess, getting a little uh, bigger here and there. So that's, that's okay. interesting. I, I've i never heard of this company, which is really odd. But they, they got a few little cool things here and there. So, Man, that's awesome. Holy smokes. Yeah, I think, I think this summer is going to be... It was like last summer when it came to video game news. It was just exciting to hear anything because <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, finally, like we we're hearing some some news. Right, last year was pretty pretty rough, really sad, all that stuff like kind of going on. So hearing any news was like exciting. Um, the new consoles were supposed to come out, so there was all that like anticipation for that. And I, I think this year is going to be really nice. I think this is going to be a pretty good summer of like fun. Um, gaming uh video shows and all that kind of stuff it'll be it'll be cool yeah i agree i think it's going to be a really fun year uh fun summer of news like you said i think you know the beginning of the year is usually always the dry season yeah um and it was kind of i think you're right i mean even with the pandemic last year we still got amazing games released last year i mean mm. we, we had like final fantasy 7 remake ghost of tsushima like like crazy games 
that just came out of nowhere and made last year amazing uh, to be able to play video games at that time. Animal Crossing, yeah. uh, like Doom Eternal, like, you know. Yeah. So it was still a good year last year. I think we're still going to have a good year this year. Um, it just probably won't be until the summer and fall that we get those amazing games, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think this will be nice too because this is... Obviously, we have been in quarantine now for over a year, and I think these companies finally have had time to work on their video presence because man Mm -hmm. you remember how many like awkward live sessions there were last year of just like it was like there's always cringe at these conferences but there was just some added cringe because no one knew what they're doing and so it's (laughs) it'll be kind of nice to see you know like these people have had some more time like marketing people have probably had more time to play around with stuff and it'll be cool to see what these virtual conferences will look like this year as opposed to last year like you look at someone who's done these a lot like let's take apple apple usually does a lot of virtual uh like releases of things and their their stuff is holy cow that's goals if you ever want to do a video conference it's all virtual look at what apple does for their stuff it is so high quality um (laughs) and so i think it'll be really nice to to see this and see like ooh, that looked really cool that was really good and i i almost think you can engage a little bit better because you can do more visuals and more fun like cgi almost kind of stuff and i think it's, oh, it's sure. me excited to see what sony might do I'm, I'm hoping they do something like really cool and i don't know it'll be it'll be fun i think it'll be a really fun summer which i'm glad is almost here <laughs> i know it's crazy time has like no relevance anymore i can't like i can't <laughs> well uh, at this point which is just insane um but yeah, I mean, speaking of Sony, this is actually the next, uh, really like the last big news item I I know we wanted to touch on. Um, but this was actually something that I believe was released today. Yeah, or, yeah. early this morning. Yeah. Uh, on the Sony side of things, uh, kind of some unrest we're possibly seeing within PlayStation Studios. And it's, uh, I don't know, it, I'll kind of speak my mind around what I thought about this article. It does make me a little concerned, not like, super upset or like worried or anything but it is kind of concerning because it kind of falls in line with what i'm seeing across the board from sony um but anyway this is from an article written by jason jason schreier uh from bloomberg uh, titled sony's obsession with blockbusters is stirring unrest within playstation empire and um we'll have the link of it in the youtube video as well as our um you know, our follow-up notes uh, with the different streaming services, but I would definitely recommend giving this a read. I'm not going to read through it. I'm just going to give a kind of a quick overview of it. Uh, But basically what this story is all about is that apparently Sony had a small team within PlayStation Studios that wanted to kind of prove themselves by remaking the original Last of Us, which is kind of crazy, in my mind, I'm not sure who greenlit green that idea because that game is very much still playable and very much a well-made game that only came that came out less than a decade ago. I don't understand why they would want to remake it right now. I assume it's because HBO now has the rights to The Last of Us and has begun filming the the 
the show version of the game and they probably are wanting to capitalize off of that by remaking it uh, possibly in the same kind of style as part two of the last of us uh, make it more open um, but then have it come out alongside the show possibly so that you get more players buying a PS5 so that they can play this game that they've never heard of before, but now know of because of the show, if that makes sense. Um, kind of going off of CD Projekt Red's really big success of like Witcher 3 after the Witcher show started on Netflix, like they had like, I think it was like 50 million uh, players came back to that game and so that was a huge win for cd project red so i almost feel like sony wants to capitalize off that um are no, they they've remastered it right oh yeah i mean like they've re okay the first last of us so many times they yeah, remastered so. it you know they remastered it on the ps4 they remastered it on the ps5 like they've re-released the last of us at least two or three times okay. in the last right eight on, years so which is so weird. Yeah. Like you can already play it <clears throat> in a good quality. And I yeah. feel like up at up until this point, really, whenever we've heard the word remake, it's usually been a game that's at least a few console generations behind. And at then least just years old, totally yeah. reimagined. Like Demon Souls, that's a whole night and day shift. Uh right. take like anything well, anything Blue Point's doing. So like Spyro, that had a whole new look to it and stuff. This is right. it's really odd because like Last of Us already looks dope. I know, it looks so good. And like I, I just don't understand it in kind of what the article talks about is it seems like sony with these blockbuster hits that naughty dog has released you know uncharted last of us um spider-man like they're kind of it seems like the executives at the head of the the board are really kind of focusing in on we just need to keep remaking and keep making more iterations of these games that we know are going to sell and that's very much different from the PlayStation I grew up loving, uh, you know, PlayStation that <laughs> yeah. is very gives creative freedom to their studios to be like, make whatever the heck you want. And it's probably going to be amazing. Like if you just kind of stay on this course of let's just keep making last of us, let's just keep making more uncharted. It, it, there's no room for growth to further the medium of video games. Everything that we've seen like I get why they kind of have Naughty Dog as like their number one studio because in a lot of ways Uncharted and Last of Us kind of, you know, set the course for bigger AAA games that we've seen in recent years. God of War, Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima, all of those games have amazing narrative stories that really were kind of off of just the learnings of uncharted and last of us before uncharted and last of us we we really hadn't had anything narrative that close to a movie before you know what i mean yeah and i i wonder if their term for remake is loose i wonder if it's not really a remake then well that's the thing is a, a lot of people and this is all speculation but a lot of people think that they're remaking it to be <laughs> like the story will be exactly the same but possibly opening it up in it so that it resembles part two more where it'll be like in the same engine as part two um you know it'll have more open feels so that like 
you know, the, the, you know how like in, in part one, you really had like the individual chapters and there were like three or four chapters per area. Um, and then in part two, there wasn't really chapters per se. You were, you were, um, the what? It was like zones. Yeah. It was zones and it was days. Like it was like day two. Um, and so I'm wondering if like, for example, in, in last part one, the whole area where they visit bill, like, could that just be made open? Mm, and like, that'd be cool. it's the same. Yeah. But it's like the same story, but it's like, there's no more like, you know, breaks and chapters between you're just kind of like, Oh, okay. Here's bill's house. But then walk over this way in free form and you can get to the school, mm. you know? And like, um, cause it, like even replaying last was part one recently, it is very linear, small environments where it's like, oh, okay. Like you're kind of being forced to follow a tunnel in a way, um, which is, was very much what the first like three uncharted games were. Um, it wasn't until uncharted four and last of us part two, where the games became more open. Um, and so I'm wondering if that's what they're possibly thinking with the term remake, but, yeah. um, that's not the only thing that's that's worrisome is you know like this this game this was an idea given to like a small team within the studio sony wouldn't even um they didn't even really talk about this small team as like being an actual thing and then at one point they told the team oh okay we're gonna sign this game the remake over to naughty dog and then they're gonna be heading this remake of the last of us and that's what really blew my mind was i was like why in the world would naughty dog want to remake a game that they made just a few years ago they want to probably do part three they probably want to move on to something new and it it just seems really scary to me i because not only that but another one of their companies sony bend you know they just released days gone and in this article uh I'll read this one part. The fixation on teams that churn out hits is creating unrest across Sony's portfolio of game studios. Oregon-based Sony Sony Bend, best known for the 2019 open-world action game Days Gone, tried unsuccessfully to pitch a sequel this year. According to people familiar with the proposal, although the first game has been profitable, has been profitable, its development had been lengthy and critical reception was mixed. So Days Gone 2 has not been seen as a viable option and was denied. Ooh, so when, that's sad. So when, yeah, so Days Gone is dead. Like, <laughs> it's gone. And they basically told this, uh, you know, Sony Bend, oh, well, help Naughty Dog with a multiplayer game or make another uncharted game with supervision from naughty dog. Some staff, including top leads were unhappy with this arrangement and left Ben's developers feared they might be absorbed into naughty dog and the studio's leadership asked to be taken off the uncharted project. They got their wish last month and are now working on a new game of their own. That'll be a part of a brand new franchise, but it's just like, it kind of goes back to this whole thing of, it just seems like Sony is very much in a vision state of mind where naughty dog can do no wrong. So we just need to let them make everything at at least, at least in this like small corner of their first party studios, if that makes sense. But it it just, this doesn't seem like a healthy, at least from reading this, it doesn't seem like a healthy choice to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, it's a lot of pressure on, um, on one, 
you know, one team alone. Um, now I, I will recognize that I do not know what is all involved um, from oh, yeah, an hour perspective, you know, from an hourly perspective to make this remake happen. Maybe it's easy and it's actually not that big of a deal, but maybe it really is pretty time consuming and they're wasting a lot of resources. I don't really even know how big Naughty Dog is, but yeah, it's it's very odd because it hearing that they want to do a remake is almost like a hey, we don't have much going on right now. We kind of want to just do something that we know will work. And And make money. Yeah, Yeah. and it almost seems like they would do that with something simple, where it's like, hey, just remake it. It won't be that hard, right? Okay, just like get it out, because we need some time for other stuff, maybe? Or who knows? It's really odd. Yeah, it's very strange, and it's 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 nerve wracking for me because it's a very un thing to do. And it's really not even a choice of naughty dogs, you know, like it's so you, we want, uh, you know, our people to remake last of us. Yeah. Oh, never mind. We need naughty dog to helmet. Yeah. So naughty dog, you, you work on remaking your first last of us game. And I'm sure, you know, a naughty dog, the last thing they want to do is retread old ground. That's been their kind of bread and butter. They never return to old stuff. You know, like they, they keep moving forward with new IPs. Yeah. You know, smart. Like, it's very smart. Yeah. You know, like it's why you never hear about Jack and Daxter, for example, ever getting an HD mm. remake or anything like that. Even though people scream for it, they're like, no, like we made that three generations ago. Like we're, we've moved on, you know, like we yeah. were, we're trying to evolve as much as possible to stay ahead of the game. And, um, yeah, I just I wish they weren't wasting Naughty Dog's potential on a remake of Last of Us Part One when they probably want to get to Last of Us Part Three if there is going to be a Part Three, yeah, um, or or a brand new IP. I and like you said, we have no idea how many people are working at Naughty Dog. We don't know if they have you know the resources. Maybe they have plenty of resources to mm-hmm. do something like this. Which if they do, good for them. You know, like that's great. Uh, m- my main thing is like you know. Would I play the last of us remake? Absolutely. Am I going to watch the last of us HBO TV series? Absolutely. Do I need the last of us remake? No, like I, I don't need that because like, yeah. I feel like I had, I feel like I had a masterpiece with what we have already. And it just seems like a very, uh, poor choice in my opinion, mm. but yeah, very you know, corporate, very business centric, very, we need, we want money. I mean, you know, yeah. Square does it with uh, Kingdom Hearts, right? Like Kingdom Hearts kept on getting... I mean, it wasn't remaked, so it's a little different, but it's like Kingdom Hearts was, you know, re- reproduced, and they had HD versions, and then they put them on this console, then they put them on PC, and they had bundles, 2.5, 1.5. Yeah, You know, it's, oh. just, it's just a cash grab. Oh, absolutely. And it, you you Square Enix is absolutely business oriented over everything else. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake is testament to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We need to just remake the best Final Fantasy game of all time. Not only remake it, but remake it over the course of 20 plus years in <laughs> yeah. installments and sell them each for $70. Yep. 
<laughs> and it's like, but I'm a sucker and I love it. And and they, I, at least with part one, it was amazing quality. Like that game was like 10 out of 10 for me. Like I was like, hey, if you can keep this up with each installment, like I'll, I'll take my money. I'm fine with that. But like, you but know, again, it, that was remake, remake. You know, I mean, yeah, that, exactly. That it was changed. basically a brand new game. Yeah, it was basically the a brand new game. completely different. Every that had more justification than Last of Us. I oh yeah, it's almost like like you mentioned how it could Last of Us could be a little more of that open worldiness, you know. But I kind of just feel like that's what makes it the Last of Us one, and I feel yeah. you almost lose that glory moment of going from last of us one to last of us two like when you play the first one you go through it and you love it because the story's so good but then you go to the second one and you're like wow it's still so good and they added to it because like now the gameplay is kind of like this you almost lose that by doing a remake if obviously again speculation if they go that route of making it more similar to the second one that just doesn't seem smart to me because it's like darn like i liked last of us one because it was quote unquote not as like not on the same level of last of us 2 because of its engine and because of the gameplay mechanics and whatnot it's like darn like that would just be kind of lame even from like a visual perspective you see one and then you saw like the visuals and the way that the acting changed when you hit number two and you, you still want that defined line of knowing, hey, this was the first game. This is the gap between them. Look how much, like, look how awesome it became in that gap yeah. of time. Yeah, I just, I just, it just seems so strange to retread old ground when yeah. it's like, if you want to stay at the top, you know, if you don't want to rest on your laurels, which right now it looks like you're doing as PlayStation, you need to keep shooting out new things that just grab people's attention. If you want to stay ahead of Microsoft, cause they're doing power plays, man. And they are, they're kind of, I, honestly, I am very excited to see what Microsoft has to bring at E3 because it could change the game. If they come out and say, here's everything that our studios have been working on. And this is all on Xbox series X. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, holy crap. Like this, this concept too, this, you know, what this makes me think of, so th- this makes me think of like why Will Ferrell never does sequels. He did <laughs> one sequel, and it was, I think it was a- Anchorman Two. I think right. he did do that, and I think he did that. Daddy's Home is like this. Uh, out of all the movies he's done, all the comedies, all, he's only done two, and he did it for the reason of he doesn't want to like retread that old water. Like when he right. did a movie, he wanted those jokes to be part of that movie and he never, ever wanted to do a sequel. Cause in the film industry, a lot of people know, like when you start doing sequels and stuff, it kind of hurts. <laughs> Sometimes you're yeah. repeating joke, especially for comedy. And so when I hear about this, it really makes me think about that. Like Naughty Dog in a way is similar to Will Ferrell where they're like, no, we just want to keep going. Don't make us go back. Don't make us like repeat stuff. It's not going to be, it's not going to be beautiful it's not gonna give you that 10 out of 10 right because it was like lighting in a bottle like i I guarantee you if they really if the last of us remake comes out people are gonna play it and it's not gonna have that same hit 
that it had when it originally came out. And it's going to, it's going to, I'm not going to say fail. It's probably going to succeed very well, but like critically, it's probably going to get a lot of that hate of like, why did you already, why did you remake a masterpiece already? You know, like, like this was already a perfect game. Why did you feel like you had to do this? And I feel like until people really like kind of show that, Sony's just going to say, well, we're going to milk this cow till it's dry. Kind of <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. It's just, a, it's just such a shame because it just, it looks like on all ends of Sony, that's where the wind is blowing. You know, they just, I don't know if you saw this, but they just released an announcement that Sony is partnering with Netflix for all of their future movie releases. Sony is? So, yeah, Sony. So, like, any, wow. like, new Spider-Man movie after it comes out of theaters is going right to Netflix. Dang. And, like, the Uncharted movies are Sony related. They're going to go right to Netflix. Uh, so it's like, you know, kind of like how every studio is now kind of doing streaming service. Sony's kind of partnering with Netflix in that way, which makes sense because Netflix was going to lose a lot of stuff. So they got to, they got to partner with someone if they want to keep true. people around yeah, outside yeah, their original content. Um, but it just even to the to the change of PlayStation changing their name to PlayStation Studios, like it's all becoming very business and blockbustery, and not what made PlayStation Four era great. And yeah. I just i I don't want to see them make the same mistake they made in PS3 era. And I feel like they're just repeating history. And I just i don't I don't get it. I don't get why they don't. I don't get why they don't understand that it is about the games. It is about new games. It's about people seeing something they've never seen before. And that's what grabs them. And they they still need to focus on getting the PS fives into people's hands. Yeah, that too. They're they're still struggling with that. You know, it's like, come on, it's still a hassle. I mean, I know that you and I, we haven't even touched that market anymore once we got ours, but these new, you know, E3 and all this kind of stuff. Sony's uh, Sony's already a big fan of you know like exclusive on a console, you know. So it's like there's bound to be something that's PS5 only, and you got to you know they got to they got to prioritize some things here. You know, prioritize giving yeah. these consoles to people. Prioritize giving us games that are gonna you know continue to make us wants to yeah sell sell your console and then they've done in the past they always do it and it's like what are you doing now where are your priorities honestly the next big game from playstation studios is returnal which is like this journal which is like this third party like time loop kind of adventure i don't know too much about it it's like set in space um but that comes out at the end of this month and then the uh, next big the next big release for them is ratchet and clank in june oh uh, that game's gonna be lit though oh i mean it's gonna be a phenomenal i have no doubt in my mind but it's like oh, you know, like, after, like after weird. june what's coming out next i think i think after that's gonna be kina which is another one i'm super excited for but like those are really the only three games that are coming out this year. They claim God of War Ragnarok is going to come out this year, but unless we get some like trailer from PlayStation uh, in the summer showing that game, like an actual Sony's not like, one to like show something and be like, it's coming out this year. They're usually pretty ahead when they start releasing trailers and stuff. Yeah, I just I would be. I would be completely thrown if they release Horizon Forbidden, 
you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden West, and God of War Ragnarok yeah. in the same year. Like that would yeah, be insane for sure. Insane. Huh. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, I'm looking at this Returnal images on Google. This looks. It kind of reminds me of uh, Control. Control mixed with uh, what's that? A- alien. Wow, I was like, what's that alien movie? Alien. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of Sigourney Con- Weaver. Yeah, it makes me think of Alien crossed with Control. It's kind of weird looking. Honestly, if it's like Control, I- I'd probably enjoy it because I love Control. Yeah, yeah. And um, if uh, if this is some Control Bizarro kind of crap, <laughs> I- I'm 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 down, man. I'll play it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, that's cool. We'll see. We'll see what what all Sony's up to. Um, do we have some time to want to hit this last one real quick? Yeah, let's do it, man. I don't really think we'll be talking. There, there's not really going to be anything in the upcoming games. If, if you guys want to look at that, we always have that Game Informer link available in our comment section and stuff. There, I was looking through it earlier. There's not much, so we probably can skip that segment. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let me look at a few. Let me just look really All quick. I see that's coming out this month is the new Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah, and it's coming out literally at the end of... Yeah, that and Returnal both come out on the same day. Those are yeah. really of any consequence that I could think of. Yeah, April April be um, lame. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so the last segment that I was going to see if we had time to talk about was just about a game called path of exile. Uh, so path of exile is having its second game come out soon. And I was explaining this to max cause it has a really big following. At least I know on the PC side of things, it's really big. Uh, and it, it is on all the consoles, so you can access well, minus Switch, but you can access it on your Xbox and PlayStation as well. Uh, so Path of Exile is a Diablo game, because I think Diablo, that style is like its own thing now. I forgot what it's called, like the, oh, uh, the genre. So it's not, it's not like set in the same universe. No, 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 no. Yeah, no it's, it's just that Diablo style where it's like you control one character and there's like a mass enemies like go at you and you attack them with like AOE and like attack speed stuff. Um, gotcha. And okay. it's completely free to play. And the way that they do their game is also similar to Diablo where you have a league and then you have a, um, I forgot what they call it. It's, uh, the, the terminology for it, I can't remember, but a, a league usually lasts a few months and there's like leaderboards and usually in a league, they'll do some tweaks to your different classes and they might add new items and all this kind of jazz. And you'll play for like, you know, three or four months and try to see how high on the leaderboard you can get. Uh, and then eventually a few months down the road, another league will start up where you create a new character and you go through the same, the same thing again, but because there's different classes, it can always kind of feel like a new game each time. Uh, if you want to play your character that you played in a previous league, you can, but it's like on a different server or something than the league kind of gameplay is. Um, so it's a super huge game where people 
Uh, you pick your character. There's actually like a, a campaign mission and a storyline, which is really good. Uh, there's a bunch of classes. There's like skills. There's upgrades. There's weapons. Uh, you can do these things to like grind out gear and all that kind of stuff. It, it's really cool. Uh, nice. and so the big thing that they were talking about was in this new game, there is nine. There, so Path of Exile 2 characters are new sets of exiles who fall in the same class archetypes as those in the original games. As such, they can pick from a set of 19 new ascendancy classes that different from the old ones that are still available in the Path of One Exile campaign. So 19 whole new classes, which is crazy. So a class Dang. could be something like your... Um, like your your archer class, your um, I think I saw that they do like a crossbow class. There's like mages and all this kind of stuff. So I added a bunch of those. Uh, one thing that you usually do in these games <clears throat> is you usually get gems to like upgrade your character, and these gems are like a way for you to let's say you have a bow spell and your bow attack is just a single arrow. Well, you can get gems that like attach to your equipment that make you shoot three arrows at once. And then if you chain these gems, it lets those three arrows be electrical arrows and then the attack speed increases. And so that's like the gem system. And I guess they've done some new reworks to it, which is cool. Uh, they've, of course, they've added like new armors and new weapons. There's new animations in the thing now. Like I saw a video of they've added a whole new like run walk animations, attack animations. They've you can tell that this company has just put a ton of work into this game, which is so cool to me because, like I was saying in the beginning, it is free to play. There is microtransactions, but the microtransactions are they're kind of like two sets. They have microtransactions geared towards cosmetics to make your character look, you know, like fun, have like a skin and all that kind of stuff. You might have some, you know, like some glowiness to you or trails right. when you walk around, that, that kind of thing. And then there's also microtransactions that will, that are kind of geared towards a more hardcore audience. And what I mean by that is usually like it, if you want to play this game and be like really organized and if you play it really hardcore you have you have like a bank and this is like or a chest where you store all your items well you can buy like new tabs that are almost like filtered for you to be able to be more precise with your gameplay and be a little bit more like faster in your gameplay and it's like improvements to the quality of life you do not need them though to like play it's really just a microtransaction for those who are really dedicated to the game and they need they they like it because it makes their gameplay a little bit better for them but it's not it, it's not like breaking the game you know it's not like they're buying xp tokens or they're buying you know items or anything like that again it's just more of like a if you love this game and are hardcore into it you can have these options but you don't need them by no means <laughs> gotcha. um, so their their model's really cool uh, and there's a whole YouTube video that I think IGN has posted it's like 20 minutes long of gameplay uh, the graphics have been enhanced. Uh, the sound have been enhanced. Everything has been enhanced. And so it's 
it's pretty cool. It's pretty big, definitely for like, um, definitely for like the Twitch scene because I know it's a huge game that I see get played on Twitch a lot. People love these kind of uh, like league session style games where you have high scores and you can see how how high up on the high scores you get during the end of a league and whatnot. So. I kind of just wanted to like mention that a second one is coming. You know, if it seems interesting, I really suggest, highly suggest you maybe going on your Xbox or your PlayStation or loading up Steam and getting uh, Path of Exile 1 going. If you like Diablo games. And if you don't, right. maybe just try it, see how it goes. Um, but apparently, last thing I'll just say about it is it looks like on their main website all the way at the bottom it says we don't have a release day for path of exile 2 yet but we're unlikely to start a beta until 2022 at the earliest Dang. Um, in the meantime though we are continuing to release path of exile expansions on our regular three month cycle so every three months they do a whole new expansion like a whole new league and the Path of Exile 1. So that's still going to happen, which is cool, seeing that they can still do that plus work on number two. I'm assuming that's why it's kind of far out because, you know, their resources are like, some resources are to still do the expansions, some of the resources are to work on the new game. Um, but the fact they're open beta isn't until 2022. I'm pretty impressed because the 20 minute gameplay they showed on IGN is pretty legit. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty solid. Oh yeah, it, it's surprising how so I didn't even know it wasn't. They said 2022 because it's looking good. <laughs> Man, that's incredible. Yeah, you should you should skim through it. You would be surprised that that's what they say. It almost looks like it's done, but. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. But yeah, so that's that's Path of Exile too. Nice. Um. So yeah, usually we hit those upcoming games, but Max and I we kind of just talked about the two that were coming. So there is not too much <laughs> in that realm. Um, yeah. And my list of games that I'm playing is still the same as the previous podcast, where I'm still playing Yakuza and RuneScape. Uh, I kind of got derailed in Yakuza because I was just trying to get a bunch of money. And so I kind of like derailed into side quests of like leveling up and getting a bunch of dough and upgrading my characters and whatnot. So I haven't really made much progress. It's weird. I haven't made storyline progress since the last time we chatted, but I've made progress (laughs) since the last time we chatted. No, I I totally get you, man. Like... The game very much. I mean, like, just if you went in the game and just played through the story, you could probably beat it in like twenty hours. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. Those chapters aren't super long. Yeah, they're not super long. But like, if you want to do everything, if you want to play like all the mini, complete out the part-time hero stuff, mm-hmm. it it takes a long time. Um, yeah. Like, uh, and 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 to. Tyler's point. I know that he's he's doing the management mini game. I believe to to make the money. Is that yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. How much money do you have now? I think I got to like twenty million, and then I start <laughs> investing some in that girl's shop. So there's a there's yep. a shop that you can go to to craft weapons, and then you like upgrade it and all that kind of jazz. So I've just been upgrading her shop. What is it called? Like love something romance workshop yeah 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 so i've been <laughs> i've been upgrading that because i had um i had the cop guy 
I, I was using him as the riot shield person, but I yeah, couldn't get him an upgraded shield yet. Apparently you can't until like later on anyways. So then I bumped him into a, uh, the guy who uses a sword. It's like a, like a bodyguard, I think maybe. Yep. Bodyguard. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I got him that and I just crafted in this like really cool flaming katana thing. Nice. And then the girl, I crafted her that, that ice pop weapon. Dude. Yep. Ice is epic in this game. There's a lot of yeah. people who are weak to ice and she's like an MVP. She like can two swipe people sometimes. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, ice is probably the rarest of elements that you can get. Like for for anyone that hasn't played uh, Yakuza like a dragon, there's three <laughs> elemental attacks you can have in this game: fire, ice, and electricity. And ice is probably the rarest uh, skills that you can find uh, out of all the different types of users. And so, anytime you can get good ice attacks, you, you need to get them. Yeah, um, you, you hang on to them. Hang on to them for yeah. a while. You hang on to them. I honestly get ice attacks probably until like near the end game. And I'm kind of mad at myself because I just kind of focused on electricity and fire and didn't Mm -hmm. even realize that ice was that powerful. And I was like, dang. Yeah, I don't even know if I have electricity yet. I know I have fire and I think I have fire and ice. I've been trying to get the elements if I can. I didn't even know yeah. I, I didn't even know electricity was a was a type. Yeah, electricity is really good. If you craft if you if you just keep upgrading uh, Oh the bat. Doesn't that didn't you tell me the bat gets it? Yeah, if you keep upgrading your legendary bat, um, the original bat that you pick up from the ground, um, if you keep upgrading it to its highest level, eventually it'll be embedded with electricity like oh, other items word. do. And so then you'll just automatically have electrical power yeah. anywhere you go. Okay. I'll work on that then. Cause I think he has like a flame something, but it, like, I don't really need it now that my other guy has like a flame sword. Yeah. So I might try to work on the bat then. That's a, that's a good tip. Yeah, no problem. Um, I do want to tell you that I did actually finish Yakuza um wednesday hey. uh, yeah i officially beat it this game was incredible i i freaking loved it nine out of ten um it got me at the end i it literally brought me to tears i i have to say the the dub the voice acting in this game especially the english voice acting is incredible like they did such such a great job the the story itself is very um Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's pretty cliche. Like, like you can kind of see before they head there. Um, but still, I think overall the story of this game is absolutely beautiful. Um, I think it's a really powerful story. What the kind of they're trying to tell. Um, I, I I already told you, Tyler, but I think the only time I didn't enjoy the game was I had to grind like four hours to level all of my characters to ninety nine. And job rank ninety nine, oh, yeah. yeah. To even attempt the final like post game dungeon, which is like the last trophy, 
and that was probably the hardest part of the whole thing. <laughs> and it, it almost broke me. Like I was just like, man, I don't even know if this is worth it. But <laughs> you stuck I, through. I stuck through and I got through it, but it, it was worth, it was worth it in the end just to have that like hundred percent. Yeah, do but it's a long game. Like if you do, if you want to do everything, it, it'll take you ninety five plus hours. Like it's yeah, it's, a, nuts. it's an investment. Yeah. So what are you what are you playing now? Oh, uh, so right now I just started Trails in the Sky. I got that on my PC. I um, for those of you who know, I'm a huge Legend of Heroes Trails fan. Uh, I've really only played the Cold Steel games. I watched. Uh, summary videos like in-depth like hour-long summary videos of the sky games and the zero games um, but i've never actually been able to play them myself so i uh, got them on pc and i'm a little i would say a little like over two hours into uh the first game of sky and i absolutely adore it um you know the world building is all there um i love uh estelle as a main character she's so funny and joshua's great too the music's beautiful uh it it just kind of has that fun old school like digimon 3 world kind of game style uh jrpg that i really love and so i've been enjoying that and then uh i actually this is just for this week but i've i've been kind of dipping into control ultimate edition on the ps5 um they released it on playstation plus which is a huge win because uh, it's an incredible game and i i've never played the dlc so i decided i would dip into that and jump back into the the world of control which is a great game um, but actually tomorrow uh coming in the mail i'm getting bravely default 2 Oh, you um, did get it. Nice. Yeah, for the Switch. So I finally uh, got that, and it'll I'll probably be finally being able to play my Switch for the first time in a while uh, and just play a fun little JRPG on there. Yeah, you'll have um, to let me know how that is. I I'm I bought new skates this month, so that kind of tapped my video game allocations, but next month <laughs> you'll have to let me know so I can maybe get it then. Yeah, I'll let you know how it is. I... I love the first two Bravely Default games, so I'm this. This is very, from what I've heard, it's very traditional JRPG like job status uh, setup. But I've heard it's really fun, and I'll definitely let you know what I think. I, I think I'm really gonna enjoy it. Yeah, I think so too. It'll be good. Yeah. Uh, so what do you what do you recommend to the people this week? We've talked about we've talked yes. about the world of video games. We talked about Discord. We talked about E3, Last of Us, Sony being dumb. We've talked about how there's no games really coming up this month. Uh, so in light of all this, what do you think people should should listen, watch, read, whatever uh, coming up this week? Entertainment of the week. Uh, so this week, I try and do a different style of entertainment every week. I, I like I have like a cycle of like four or five different stuff that i want to do so this week is movies um and the movie i want to recommend is hunt for the wilder people uh and you can watch this currently on netflix uh and this is a movie directed by taiga Waititi, uh best known for uh probably this movie alongside uh what we do in the shadows and uh jojo rabbit as well as he directed uh Thor Ragnarok and the upcoming Thor movie Love and Thunder. Oh, uh, and he he is a native-born New Zealander, 
and I love his comedy bits. He, in some ways, reminds me a lot of. Oh, I'm gonna butcher his name, so I'm not even gonna mention it. But the the guy that makes like uh, the movies, I don't know if you've heard of them, but like, oh, Moonrise Kingdom, the Grand Budapest Hotel, um, very stylistic types of movies. Excuse me. You're good. I just oh allergies. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, but this is just a very fun, warm doesn't feel like anything else out there that I really enjoyed and I find movies like this. Uh, I just watched this last week. It really struck with me because it's very different but it's set in New Zealand of course and it revolves around this boy uh, called uh, Ricky Baker um, and everybody just calls him Ricky Baker uh, which is really funny and he is a um, he's a problem child. He has no parents He's been in the foster system for years, uh, and if he doesn't make this uh, next family work, he's going to be sent to juvie, um, as told by his, I guess, foster officer. I don't know what you call him, uh, but but it's so funny because in the movie, like he's sent to live with this family in just the the bush of New Zealand, like in the middle in the wilderness, and uh, um, <laughs> the lady that that takes him there is like, are you sure you want to take this kid? He kicks stuff. He burns stuff. He runs away from stuff. He graffiti stuff. <laughs> it's like really funny. And, um, you know, basically a lot of crazy things ensue that I won't spoil, but it just becomes a, a, a sprawling adventure in the, in the wilderness of New Zealand, uh, with this kid and his foster father who just kind of go on a grand adventure together. And it's absolutely heartwarming um it's hilarious it's so funny the acting is bizarre but really charming um and i can't recommend it enough i think this uh anyone who watches this i feel like would really enjoy aspects of it so uh go check out hunt for the wilder people legit it's pretty cool sounds good yeah and you can get it on watch on netflix yep you can check it out on netflix at any point in time highly recommend it it's so so good Nice. Yeah. Well, I usually um, bum off of Max Medium, so he picked a show thing, <laughs> and so I did too. <laughs> That's usually how I do my. Hey, full, no, you're fine. This mine's a movie, so yours is a TV show. So you didn't. Um, you're good. So mine is something that, like, I'm pretty sure everybody has heard about at this point, but I think it's a good time to watch it if you have not, and that is Attack on Titan. We've never heard of it. <laughs> which i have Crunchyroll. i think you can watch it in a bunch of different places uh i wanted to recommend this one because you know max just said that like how part one of the final season of it has finally like concluded this week yep and so yep. there is going to still be a part two but i think it's a like if you have not seen it because there's so much content of it a really good time to do it now i mean there's obviously like a lot of hype around it a lot of people are you know enjoying it um and so we peter and i me and him started it a few weeks ago and we're on season three and whatnot and uh it's just been like really really fun just watching the anime it's it's a very interesting world of 
you know, you have these humans, you have these Titans and Titans want to eat the humans and it's just a battle of survival. You know, these humans want to obviously prevail in the end and come out quote unquote victorious against the Titans. They don't want to be consumed by them completely. Uh, there's tons of plot twists, tons of keeping you on the edge of your seat, a lot of twists that you just uh, just did not see coming. Um, there's some annoying parts where you get aggravated at certain things. There's exciting <laughs> parts. There's sad parts. There's very, very like hard-hitting parts. Uh, it, it, it's just an anime that really ties into just a little bit of everything it's it's definitely on the dark side there is definitely a lot of death and whatnot a lot of like it's basically the game of thrones of anime it it really is it it very (laughs) much is um but it's really good and i think now because of all the medias that you can like watch it through and since there is so many seasons i think it's a good time to watch it if you have not uh, especially with that fourth season being fourth season being out, uh, Peter was telling me sometime this week, you know, like Attack on Titans, one of the highest grossing animes ever because of like things like merch, manga sold, um, money taken from just watching it on services like Crunchyroll. Like obviously, like this this anime is hype. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is top tier, and it, and it holds up to its word for sure. Um, so if you're into yeah. anime, you like this kind of stuff highly highly recommend yeah the hype like you said tyler the hype (laughs) is real i i also agree with you here like you know maybe wary of it because they don't want to jump on to like the hype train but like it's legit like this is one of the best anime that's in my opinion that has been created in the last decade um i agree with you this it almost doesn't even feel like an anime it feels like its own thing that that like doesn't there, there's no other anime like this out right now in terms of the stakes, in terms of the world that it brings. And it's just one of those shows that you can tell the director, the writer had the ending in mind from the very beginning. And so it, it just each season, the story just gets bigger. It, it, the, the, the horizons get broadened, you, you, you know, the secrets that and the questions that you have get answer get answered, but then more questions arise, and the world gets bigger, and you're like, you, you slowly yeah. realize, oh, this is there's a master plan here. There there's something happening, and um, those are usually, in my opinion, the best stories. Um, and I'm so glad you guys are watching it. I can't wait to you guys uh, when you get to the end of season four because it is. Yeah, oof. Peter and I talked about how regarding questions and that type of deal it's always like you're taking one step forward two steps back you like get a question answered but when you do you then gain two more questions so for like <laughs> exactly. every every question you have there's like two or more that are about to get asked so don't get too excited when you get one question answered because it is always immediately followed up by another one yep it's, it's nuts how, how often that happens and it's honestly <laughs> remarkable like how they've done this story like they've done i mean it's it's solid it's a solid storyline yeah it's so so good so that's a that's a double recommendation right there folks if you haven't watched yeah. attack on titan 
Get up, get up from that rock and start watching Attack on Titan. Yeah. What the heck are you doing? Stop listening <laughs> to this and get on Attack on Titan. <laughs> oh, man. Well, good. That's, that's a good, solid yeah. podcast. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm glad that we were able to go over some, some pretty interesting stuff. It'll be cool to hit these topics because we'll probably honestly be hitting minus probably the path of exile, but we'll more than likely be hitting these topics again. I mean, whenever we find out more about discord, whenever E3 actually becomes a thing, it'll be really interesting yeah. to see what last of us remake looks like. Um, so this is a cool podcast where we kind of are doing some, some speculation to see what will come and we'll, we'll definitely hit these topics again one day. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's super exciting. I feel like we're maybe we're at the cusp of finally getting, you know, big entertainment industry news again. Uh, maybe we're finally exiting the dry season. I don't know, but yeah, we'll see. It, it is, yeah, it's very exciting. I agree with you, man. All righty. Well, like Max has said in the beginning, you can always watch us live around 7.30 Eastern time on Friday. Our podcast always goes live the following Saturday at 9 o'clock. It'll hit, or 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. It'll hit Spotify and Apple uh, podcast services uh, and then you can follow us on we have a twitter account can't really say we use our socials too much but they are there <laughs> we have those uh, but really just yeah, we do. getting support on youtube like max was saying commenting liking subscribing uh throwing suggestions in on the comment section is always cool definitely would love to hear some suggestions i know a lot of our friends have voiced uh, wanting to be coming, like wanting to come onto the podcast. So we'll definitely figure out how those things work. Um, Julie, Julie even mentioned that she said she would love to have a podcast where her and Ruthie came on and we told them about <laughs> topics and they try to explain what they think the topic is about just based off of us telling them the title. So there, there could be some really fun things and we're, we're, we'll definitely try to work on getting some stuff going, but we appreciate everyone, each and every one of you that tune in to listen. Thank you guys for always kind of coming by hitting, letting us just talk about random stuff, uh, live. So appreciate absolutely thank you guys so much and yeah that's been episode 13 episode 13 we did it it. all right everybody (laughs) we will talk to you all again next week have a good one all right take care guys